Hey there. Welcome to Christ-Centered Combos. I'm your host, Kristen Ladd. Thanks for joining me as we talk to believers within the Christian Fellowship Ministries to hear the amazing stories of how God has transformed their lives. My prayer is that through each episode, we can be encouraged, uplifted, and inspired to press on towards the calling God has placed on each of our lives. Welcome to this week's episode of Christ-Centered Convos. I'm your host, Kristen Ladd. This week I have with me my sister, Mariah Hareka. We're going to hear this week her story of healing and the love story that developed amidst her battle with T-cell lymphoma. Welcome, Mariah. Hi, Kristen. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me. So um, I wanted to get your story because I think it's really uh, inspirational and touching story. And so let's begin. Um, So when did you come into the church? I came into the church um, a few months before I turned nine. So I just, I consider nine my starting point. Okay. And so then from then on, you grew up in the church and... Yes. So 20 years now I've been saved. Okay. Awesome. So now let's fast forward because I want to get the story of your healing. When did you first get diagnosed with the T-cell lymphoma? Uh, I was diagnosed in 2009, actually six months after my sister was diagnosed with a tumor in her leg. And we just prayed and contended, and that went away miraculously. The doctors had no explanation for that. It just disappeared and didn't show up on the tests. The lymphoma? Yes, the first time I had it. Okay, and then how long was it until the next time? So it was about 2013, 2013. Um, it was actually a couple months after my now husband um, wanted to court me. He had asked to court me, and I started to develop symptoms again. Okay, so how how long were you into your courting? Um, actually, it was just maybe a month or two into okay, my courting. Okay, so you had, you had just, how old were you at that time? Um, hmm, 25 years old. Um, so... You started courting this this gentleman, and then you noticed that you were having symptoms again of the of the lymphoma. Yes. Okay, and then can you tell me what happened from there? So um, I started to develop the signs, and I recognized them right away because they're very distinguishable. Um, and so I had actually t- talked to my uh, now husband um, about it, and I just I was upfront for the most part, and I just let him know, like, hey, um, I'm starting to develop symptoms of cancer again, and I wanted to let you know before we fully committed to this, because it's not easy. It's not easy, especially when they tell you, um, my cancer at the time was very rare. They said only 1% of the population would ever get it in the city, and I was at 1%. Oh, wow. And so they had told me that if it did decide to come back, it would probably be very hard to treat and very difficult. And so I told him, you know, I don't want you to commit to anything. It's going to be a really rough road. And he went all in, and he told me, you know, I didn't decide to court you because you were healthy or for any reasons. He just said, God has put it in my heart that you're the one, and we're going to go through with this. Wow. So then you embarked on that journey, and you uh, 
went through all the treatments or how long until the treatment? Oh gosh, it was actually really difficult. So um, we kind of rushed the marriage process and so we got married. Um, it was two days after we got married that we got the phone call that they said You're it is back, your cancer is back and it's more aggressive now. You need to come in for treatments right away. Wow, two and weeks after you got married. No, two days. Oh, two, two days. days after oh, I got married. Wow. So, um, Oh gosh, I just remember answering the call and just dropping my phone. And I immediately called him because he was in the military at the time stationed in Fallon and he immediately came home. Um, it was that day that we had to get our bags packed. We had to go to San Francisco to get tested even more. Um, and so that day we left, or a couple days after that we left, and they did the test and they said, yes, it's, it's back, it's more aggressive. And if by some miracle we find a proper treatment, you're survival chance is about 20 percent wow so um you know we prayed and obviously god gets the final say but we definitely it definitely had us on our knees quite a bit yeah. <laughs> so that was tough so right out the gate in your marriage you were dealing with this and uh god does everything for a purpose right so i'm sure that strengthened and was a a big key in growing your your marriage and everything so can you tell me more about like um, how that worked in your marriage? It was. I did in the beginning. I felt a lot of guilt because I felt like, you know, that's not something that he should have had to go on, like had to go through. Because usually when you get married, you you go travel, you serve God together. Everything's just great. It's that honeymoon phase that you right. get to just enjoy each other. And it wasn't like that for us. It was. Um, medical tests, treatments, trying to figure out a certain type of chemo, trying to figure out transportation because um, the hospital that I went to was the only hospital that actually dealt with, I think, maybe five cases of this. And oh they were wow. the top ten in the U.S. So it was a lot of just trying to figure out how to travel back and forth with my husband being in the military. It was trying to find that time off. It was trying to figure out how I was going to do treatment. And so um, it was a lot of guilt in the beginning. I blamed myself a lot. He was just so supportive. He really showed you the love of God in the way that he supported you, huh? For sure. That's awesome. <laughs> For sure. Um, that's how you know it's God. It's yes, red. for sure. You wait. And it You're going to make me cry. <laughs> that's how you know it's God is when you wait and he puts someone in your life. And this person is going to stand by you through thick or thin. And, gosh, the, just the courage and the strength that he showed for me. And I couldn't have asked for a better man in my life. Amen. So um, I, that, that's why this is an inspiring story to me, being a, a single woman and just seeing, like, the stories of other other people's stories and how how their relationships have came about. That's I want this to be an encouragement to other single ladies out there or single guys, anyone. I want this to be able to be an encouragement to them to know that God has a perfect plan, even though, or even if, like, in that moment, or even if through the struggle, like, there's going to be hard things, but that, just like you're saying, makes it, makes it more... Uh, makes you know more that it's God when when he brings you that person and when they're there and they're supporting you and they're loving you just like Christ and right 
Right, and that's what I tell um, even people I don't know when I meet them and I, you know, they ask me questions and I just tell them, you know, the m important thing is that you, and I've, I live by this, um, you have to ground yourself so far into God's heart that if someone wants it, whether it be a man or a woman, they have to go through God to get to you. And, you know, God will give you nothing but the best. So if that person is worthy of your love, God will allow that to happen. It doesn't have to be forced. It doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to go around people and do it secretly. It just, there's a blessing upon it. There's a blessing upon waiting. There's a blessing upon trusting God and keeping him first. Because I think a lot of the times, you know, and I did this when I was younger. I just, I wanted to get married. I wanted to find that perfect man. But it's just, when I fully committed to serve God, when my friends took me to a Vegas rally, I, it was the rally was about going all in for God. And I remember just kneeling down telling God, you know, I'm going to go all in for you no matter what happens from this moment forward. I'm going to go all in. You're going to be the center of my life. You're going to be my focus. It was at that point I really felt like I was actually serving God. I went in. I, you know, I just, I just wanted him to be my focal point. It wasn't about finding someone. It wasn't about getting married in the church. It wasn't about this. It's just serving God. And everything did fall into place just like just when, as God promised in the Bible, when you put him first, when you put first the kingdom of God, all things do fall into place in his time, of course, but they do fall into place. Yeah. So, and that's, that's a prime example, like, God's timing is so perfect, and even though, like, it wasn't the greatest circumstances for you, and even though it was a hard thing that you guys had to go through, his timing was perfect, and bringing you guys together and bringing you to the point of marriage. And then when he knew, he knew that the lymphoma was going to come back, you know, mm -hmm. he, he knew that you were going to need him as Jeff as your support. Right. So I don't know. It's just encouraging and inspiring to me. Um, can you uh, tell us more about how things have been or how, how you progressed through that? you you got through it obviously you're still here you're right. healed so tell me more about that right so um you know we had to make a lot of decisions obviously and there was a one point where the doctor said you know you're gonna have to be here because you're gonna have to go through treatment um obviously this we went through a chemo phase chemo um liquid chemo and that wasn't working so they said this is the last resort this is the last kind of treatment where if this doesn't work there's nothing that you can do and it's just a waiting game it's just really just waiting to die pretty much wow. they gave me a book that I need to fill out that had um, things I wanted to say to people were in the case if I did die they would give it to them to read oh, wow. so it was a pretty thick book and it was really you know discouraging but at the same time it's just I prayed and I just remember praying in a room and I asked God why and all all I heard and it was it was clear as day you know it was just wait and I was like what am I waiting for God what do I have to wait for and there was nothing but silence and there are things I prayed in that room that no one else was around to hear that. And it just so happened that we were having um, a revival before I had to go um, live in uh, uh, UCSF in the hospital for a while. And I was given a word about how God is a great physician and just how he just said things were, it was things I only told God. I never mentioned to oh. my husband. And he had answered things that I had prayed and just, it had me bawling. Um, because I knew that God did hear me, and he, he does, and I knew that, right. but when you're in a situation like this, you want to know 100% that God hears you, you know? Yeah. 
and he does. He knows every tear you've cried, every word that you've spoken. And he told me that God is a great physician and that he, he's going to heal me. And so for me and my husband, we clung on to that. And that was, that was it. Yeah, when God says sure. that he was going to heal me, we didn't take any other word. We didn't take if this doesn't happen or if that doesn't work, then this and then this. It was no, God is going to heal me. And we claimed it. And that's the important thing is when God gives you a promise, you have to claim it. You have to own it. You have to declare it. You have to say it out loud. Like, it's good to keep it in your heart, but it's good to say it so you can hear it. Yeah. And I wrote it on my mirror, so that was the first thing I saw every morning. And um, it's it was a total miracle because Jeff's work was only going to let him visit me over the weekend. But, um, you know, we prayed. We contended. There was some, some stuff that God just told us, you know what, you have to give up this or you have to commit more to this. And we're mm -hmm. like, okay, God, you know, whatever it takes. And so we did. And two days before we left, his work actually called him and said, hey, we need you to come in. We've got all this paperwork set up for you. You're, we're going to allow you to go stay with your wife. You know, you don't have to um, do any work because they were initially going to have him check in at bases, do this and that. And they told him, just go be with her. Call in, wow. check in, let us know that you're okay. Um, everything's taken care of. This is going to allow you to be with her. You'll still get your paycheck and everything. But it allowed him to be with me 24-7. And That's so awesome. that was a blessing, blessing and a miracle. Sure. Yes. And so we got down there. And, you know, the doctors gave their whole, if this doesn't work, it's, it's just going to be a waiting game now. It's just going right. to, you're going to have to wait it out. And if it doesn't end well, you know, that's something you might have to prepare for. And we immediately rebuked it. And we claimed, you know what, no, God has promised us healing. And they laughed, you know. I mean, the subtle laugh, they didn't right. pull out laugh. But uh. they, they told us, you know, okay, you know, if that, that works for you, if that's what will give you confidence and make things more peaceful for you, then go for it. And we're like, no, that's not a joke. God right. has promised me healing. And we believe it. So anytime they came with us, was like, okay, this doesn't look good. They're like, okay, you know, God's going to heal. God's going to heal. And I just said, okay, sure, all right, no problem. And um, I went through my bone marrow transplant, my, my chemo and radiation for a week, and then an intense radiation um, to eliminate my bone marrow. And then I did the transplant. So that was pretty rough. And so the doctor had given me this booklet of just what I was going to feel and I just remember, like I said, clear as day, God was just like, rebuke those, rebuke those symptoms, rebuke it. I'm like, wow. this is ridiculous. I'm not going to pray over this little booklet and just, you know, rebuke, start rebuking or speaking into this book. Mm -hmm. And then I just remember going to sleep, waking up really early the next day and just feeling like God was telling me I need to rebuke it, put my hand over it and rebuke all those symptoms and just throw the book away. And so mm -hmm. I did. I prayed over it and I said, you know, I rebuke this and... I didn't feel anything. I did lose the hair on my head. Um, and I did tell God, you know what, God, that's fine. Just please not the hair on my eyebrows because oh. I can't draw on my <laughs> eyebrows. I can't. Oh. <laughs> I was like, so please, God, I'm fine with the hair loss. I'm fine with, like, growing up. Just please not my eyebrows. Um, and that was it. It was two pages of symptoms, and I literally only threw up, and I lost my hair on my head, but never my hair on my eyebrows. Wow. So that <laughs> was a miracle of God. <laughs> But um, they told me I was probably going to be there for about six months after the treatment because they needed to make sure that I was on house arrest to make sure I didn't get any infections, any diseases, that the um, my sister's bone marrow didn't um, try to fight my body and vice versa. And so what had happened was is we're like, no, you know what, God's going to get us out of here early. God's going to get us out here early. And we actually had a sister in our church send us an invitation for her vow renewal. And I said, I'm, I need to be there for that. Mm. I need to be there for that. 
And so we kept telling the doctors, no, I'm going to get out sooner than this. I'm going to get out sooner than this. And um, it took 26 days from start to finish in that hospital. And they flat out told me that that was the fastest they've ever had anyone recover from chemo radiation <coughs> plus a bone marrow transplant that that has never happened in their facility oh before. Wow. And so it was totally God. And every day, because every day we were asking, when do I get to go home? When do I get to go home? And so within 26 days, I was out and in a family house just so they could monitor me. And again, I said, when can I go home? When can uh -huh. I go home? And they told me, okay, about six months. It takes about six months for a full recovery to make sure that you're okay. And I was like, no, I'm going to be there for that wedding. And so this was in no, um, August or September. And I believe a vow renewal was in December, November, December. And I was like, no, I need to be home for that. I need to be home for that. And then sure enough, as time rolled, rolled by, they the doctors are amazed. They told me, you know what? We don't know this God that you served, but he's clearly doing something. And he, your test results, you're improving at such a quick rate. Um, you're healing. Your body is healing at such a fast rate. We don't know how to describe it. So at one point, I just remember one of the doctors saying, the God you serve must, must be real. And she asked, you know, if, if you can, pray for me too. And she left the room. And later that day, they called us and said, you're clear to go. You can pack wow. your stuff up and go home. And sure enough, within 10 minutes, we had all of our stuff packed. Uh -huh. I, my husband brought the truck around, and we were trying to mm -hmm. load it up. And it was just, it was a grace of God just to hear that. Um, you can know, because you hear things, and you, s you see things. Um, people told me, you know, that that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. I had one guy come in. He was supposed to be like a, a pep squad of the, the hospital and tell me, good things and he told me no you know you're not gonna you're never gonna get off your medications you're you're always gonna be here you're always gonna be driving back and forth and it was the grace of God because um I was we we told him you know no I'm not gonna be on my medications forever no we're gonna be going home soon and sure enough I think a couple weeks after he came by um I think the following week they let me go home and then six months after that I was completely off my medications wow that's awesome yeah and Totally, it was, it was all God, and all praise goes to God because there's a lot of things we couldn't explain and we didn't have right. answers for, but when God promises you something, he definitely holds true to you that. You really clung to that promise, and, and right. he, he brought it to pass. That's awesome. Right, and it's one of those things where it's like, you know what? We made a decision in the very beginning, too, that no matter which way this went, whether it was um, obviously, God, when God tells you something, he's true to his word. Right. But we also said, too, you know, no matter what direction this goes, we're still going to serve God. This isn't anything, you know. I did ask God, like, you know, God, why, why? And then I just remember him say, telling me, like, you know, you never question me when you get blessings. And I do this for you when I brought right. your husband into your life. So why <laughs> are you questioning me now? And it just blew my mind because it's true. Yeah. Like, you know, we, qu we never question God when we get blessings, you know. But the moment something happens, it's like he's the first person we blame. Right. <laughs> the and it's just, it's not right. And it just, I don't know, it was it was incredible. It's totally incredible. Sometimes things don't happen the way you want it to or in the time that you want it to or, you know, but you just, you just keep pushing through and you just keep serving God no matter what. Awesome. So how long was the whole, like, the whole journey of you going through the chemo and the whole process of dealing with that oh my gosh I want to say it was about a year year and a half to two 
Okay, so from start to finish. So the first year and a half, two years of your marriage, you were dealing with this. Right, because I still had, I still had to go back and <laughs> forth to make sure everything was good. It, w it was supposed to be um, every weekend I was supposed to go, so we did that for about two or three months. Then it turned into um, every three months, but we only did that for I think once or twice, because the doctor's just like, you know what? Every single time you come here, your blood counts are good. Your everything is just good. Let's do this every six months. So we gave that a shot. Um, she's like, to be honest, I don't think we have to see you unless you feel like something's happening. So wow. you're free to just live your life. And if anything ever happens or if you feel anything, give us a call. But I told her, I was like, no, my God has promised that he's healed me. And I'm probably never going to see you <laughs> again. <laughs> so and I haven't been back there in almost two, almost three years now. That was going to be my next question. How long have you been healthy and well? <laughs> so about three years now, um, just no medications, nothing. I feel, awesome. I feel great. God is so good. God is good. That's awesome. So um, I like to always ask in my interviews, what is the scripture or what is a part in the word of God that you clung to or that you held on to through this journey or that, that you hold close to your heart? So I actually have a few. Um, one of them was trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will uh, straight your paths. Then what scripture is that? I believe that was Ecclesiastes 3.11. And then um, another one that I had was just because, you know, especially during the times I was in the hospital, you're not allowed to go out. So for 26 days, I was just in a room. <laughs> and it was awful. But um, I would read this one. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gi gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And to me, that was just reminding me, like, that God was with me, that in the midst of all this chaos, and I always use this analogy, but it's like a storm. The most peaceful part of the storm is the center. And I felt like even though all this stuff was happening all around me, God was, he was preparing things. He was, um, he was there, in short. He was just, I didn't have anything to worry about. I didn't have anything to fear. And, you know, don't get me wrong. There were times where I still was afraid, but it all came back to, you know what? God has got this under control. He has made me this promise. And God is never a man who goes back on his promise. He's, he will never go back and make you a promise and not keep it. Right. And so that's what I clung on to. Awesome. That's amazing. So um, what is the most recent way that God has been moving in your life or that God has moved in your life? You know, I, to be honest, I, I lost track. There's just so many different things that God is doing as far as um, blessing my husband and his job and just creating me um, having good relationships with everyone in our church. Um, I used to be so introverted and now I'm just, I'm able to step out. I'm able to tell people about the things that I've gone through. And I always pray that, you know, that God, if someone can be touched with something that I went through, something that my husband and I went through, if it can encourage at least one family or one person, then everything we went through together was all worthwhile and so I it's funny because um, at least once a month or even even more than that I'll encounter someone going through something and I'm just able to use our testimony to encourage them and so for me that's more of a blessing than I could ask for because I'm able to tell someone you know what this is what God has done for me and you know no matter which way it goes there's a peace in knowing that you can you could make heaven your home if you accept yeah. Jesus and to me that's just that's such a great honor and a great privilege and 
like I said, it makes everything we went through worthwhile. Awesome. So um, I thank you for telling us this story. I think it's very encouraging and uplifting for anyone who may be going through any sort of uh, health scare or maybe someone who's waiting for an answer of some sort or waiting to see their promise come to pass. So is there anything else that you wanted to add? Um, I just want to encourage to whomever's listening to this, if you're going through something, you know, trust God. And it always happens as an it always happens in his time. It's not something where you pray and it happens instantly. Because I think there's this misconception that just because we're Christian and we pray that God answers it right away. You know, no. we pray for <laughs> husband, God answers it right away. We no. pray for this, God, it, hap it happens right away. But it all happens when God wants it to happen. Right. And waiting is definitely, it's a hard it's a hard thing to do because we live in a generation where we have access to everything. When we want something, it's there right away. But there is a growth and there is a purpose in waiting because I feel Amen. like it's like a child. When you give a child everything they want, the moment they ask for it, they become so ungrateful. Right. You know, <laughs> but I feel like if a child has to wait for it, has to, you know, contend for it, has to be responsible enough to obtain whatever he or she wants, it's, it's more... Um, appreciated I guess it's more yeah. you value it more you don't take it for granted and I definitely am not taking the second chance that I take for granted right so just keep pressing through and you know if God has made promises to you don't give out if it takes a month a year a couple years God will honor that as long as you continue to honor and serve him yes and Amen. keep him first in your life awesome well, Mariah, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. Um, I would like to close us in prayer, and then we have a special treat. Mariah is a seasoned musician, uh, and so she's prepared a song that she just wrote recently that I've asked her to play that will be the ending to this episode. So I'm going to just close in prayer, and then we're going to hear that song. Father God, I thank you, my God, for this story. I thank you for my sister and all that you've done in her life. I thank you, my God, that you are the great physician and that you are our healer. I thank you for answered promises, and I thank you for all that you are doing in her life. I pray, Lord, that you continue to guide her and help her, God. Bless them as they continue forward in all that they are to do for you. God, I pray this is an encouragement to anyone out there listening. I thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to do this podcast to bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for having me. Okay, so this song is called One Day. Um, I literally just wrote it, um, so I haven't had a chance to practice it too much, but hopefully it encourages you. Pushing back at you You're feeling weary like you 
just can't go on much more. But one day we'll kneel before the sacred rainbow, bow down in His amazing grace, and one day all the pain and all the struggle that you feel will be no more. One day we'll kneel before the sacred rainbow, bow down in His amazing grace, and. Tis a sorrow one day. So many questions, but not much answers. You're feeling hopeless, lost, defeated, like you just can't catch a break. Never knowing why is the hardest part. But one day we'll kneel before our Savior and we'll bow down in His amazing grace. And one day all the pain and all the sorrow that you feel.